It'll help you out. I knew if I mentioned food, we'd get some more takers. Adults, stay where you are. That's right. Child or heart, you can head back there now. Well, we have officially entered into the Christmas season, haven't we? Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror, and I was just telling somebody about this magic shirt that I'm wearing today. Uh, it's a great shirt to wear in between Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's stretchy. There's a lot of eating that happens, and then when you throw a jacket over it, you look even, even thinner. So uh, this, is, this is what I'm going with. Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror, right? I, I, we had a great time. I don't know about you. I pray that you did. Uh, I know many people have their lights up, their trees up. In fact, I know many of you people that have been led astray have had them up for a month or a month and a half, maybe two months in Salinda's case. I get that. Um, but it's a wonderful time of the year. Uh, look around our church. It's beautiful, right? Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Thank you so much to everybody that came out yesterday. I wasn't able to be here, but I know that there was a lot of people. Many hands make light work. So if you were here yesterday to help with all the decorating, thank you. It absolutely uh, looks beautiful. And with this Christmas season, and today we are kicking off our new series called Hope Has a Name. Hope is something that we all desperately need. And so we're going to be talking about hope uh, starting this week for the next couple of weeks. It will culminate on Christmas Eve. Uh, and as I stated before, I, 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 I hope that you will join us on Christmas Eve. It really is a special night, an evening of, of music, to be able to hear music, but also to sing together. And then we finish it out with a candlelight service where we sing Silent Night. It's a beautiful time. Uh, and and I, I would just love it if you would join us, 6 o'clock here. But for us right now, we are going to be looking at a short passage in Luke chapter 2. So I hope you brought your Bibles this morning. If you don't have your Bibles, we have some deacons that can uh, head out in the hallway and get you some. Raise your hand, uh, we'll get you that. But you need your Bible this morning. Some of you are just going to take out your phones and look at your app, and that's perfectly fine too. But turn to Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to be this morning. Luke chapter 2. And we are going to be looking not at the full passage. We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 11. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, follow along. I'll read it. Starts off in verse 8 saying, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Verse 11, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Over the next several weeks, we'll be looking at hope from different angles, from different perspectives. And this morning, I'm going to be looking through the eyes of the angels. This, this passage is really a small part of a larger portion of Scripture that we affectionately refer to as the Christmas story. Growing up in my family, as we came down from the stairs and we wanted to rip into the gifts, uh, we had to read the Christmas story first. And so I did, I'm now doing that in my family. We get up on Christmas morning, and before we do anything, we read the Christmas story. 
And in the Christmas story, and especially in our, our section that we looked at, it starts off with in the same region. Of course, if you're in your Bibles and you look at the previous paragraph, you can know and you understand that that region is the place of Bethlehem. We're well familiar with it. And it wasn't uncommon for shepherds to be out in the fields, and certainly it was not uncommon for these shepherds to stay with their flocks. Shepherds were not a high class of citizens. They were dirty, they were crass, and honestly, people would just prefer that they stayed in the field. They, they had a job to do. They were just minding their own business. And then the text says, suddenly, an angel is standing there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the shock? The disbelief that must, they must have been feeling. And not only that, but our text says that they were terribly frightened. That meant that fear was just overwhelming them. I'm sure that they didn't know what was going to happen next. What could these angels want with us? And then the angel speaks. See, the angel had a message for them. After all, that is what an angel is. An angel is a messenger, a messenger from God. And the message that the angel brought that evening was one of good news. And of course, we got a cute and humorous view of that message. And the kids did a great job. We just got done singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And one of the lines in that song is this. Born that man no more may die. See, that is the good news that the angels were bringing. That has been the major issue of mankind since the Garden of Eden. Of course, you know that account. It's found in Genesis. You don't need to turn there. But God, he speaks the world into existence. He creates man, he creates woman, and then he puts him into the garden. And we looked at this a, a few weeks ago in our Galatians series. He put them in the garden where it was perfect, where man can commune with God and worship him. And yet in all that goodness and all of that freedom, God gave man and woman responsibilities and he also gave them restrictions. The responsibility was for a man and woman to work. The restriction was obedience. You know the story. They were told not to eat of one tree. And yet, what did they do? They blatantly disobeyed their creator. And with that, sin entered the world. Death entered the world. But wait I, I thought this was supposed to be about good news this morning. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and it is. But in order to appreciate the good, you must first recognize the bad. In Romans, in the scriptures, we see that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each one of us are sinners. And it doesn't matter how good we think we are. When we were born into this world, we were born sinners. And we were born into a sin-stained world. And while you and I may not be murderers or adulterers or thieves, we are sinners nonetheless. And there is a penalty that comes with sin. Romans tells us that that penalty is death. And that means separation. It's separation from God. See, that's what sin did in the garden. It separated Adam and Eve from God. They used to be able to walk and talk with God. They didn't have to worry about anything. And yet, after the fall, they're booted out of the garden. They had to work hard to make the ground grow. And of course, there was the pain of childbirth and then introduction to decay of the body. So what mankind needed was good news. 
And that's exactly what the angels brought that night. The angels said, I bring you good news. This is something that mankind desperately needed. The good news about Jesus. In the Bible, we see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all write about Jesus in great detail. We call them the four Gospels. And the word gospel means good news. So that means that Matthew writes about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so does Mark and Luke and John. And they are all the accounts of the good news of Jesus. It's all about Him. You know, our series is called Hope Has a Name. However, this morning in our text, we don't see that name Jesus, do we? Instead, what do we see? Look at your text. The announcement. We see Savior. Christ the Lord. See, that is the good news, that a Savior was born. The word Savior means deliverer. See, this big announcement by the angels was a message of hope. But it was not the first message of hope. We see that all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And this is coming off the heels of some of the most amazing things you will ever read. The most amazing things ever recorded. You had the creation account with Adam and Eve. They're walking and talking with God. And then in chapter 3, it all abruptly ends as we see in verse 6. That they ate of the tree that they were not told, or they were told not to eat of. And at that moment, again, sin entered the world. Fear entered the world. Death entered the world. And yet, even amidst all of that chaos and turmoil, there was a message of hope. Listen as I read, it's up on the screen, Genesis 3.15. It says, and I, this is God speaking, I will put enmity, that is hostility, between you, he's speaking to Satan, the serpent, and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. See, what God did there is he made a promise. He made a promise of an individual. This person would be born of a woman. And this individual would destroy sin and Satan once and for all, reversing the curse of death through sin. Of course, that one that God was speaking of was Jesus, the one whom the angels announced. It was the savior of the world, the deliverer of mankind, the son of God, Jesus Christ, who, while being bruised on the cross by Satan through both his life and his crucifixion, would defeat him by being raised from the dead. And one day we'll defeat him permanently, once and for all. So you need to understand this. In the midst of pain, in the midst of agony, in the midst of mistakes, in the midst of sin, there is hope. This message of hope is what the angels announced that night. And it's so interesting that they they announced this, this hope, this salvation, which was meant for mankind. It wasn't meant for the angels. The angels rejoice at the conversion of a sinner. They observe the life of Jesus. The angels serve at the call of the master as they serve his bride, the church. And they will rejoice at the end of all things as they sing praises at the completion of the redemptive history of God. And yet, the angels can only look and observe this thing called hope. This thing called salvation. First Peter says this, that the angels, they long to look into such things, to look at salvation. These created beings, these messengers who cannot experience the saving power of Christ, announced this good news. And they announced it to those who were in desperate need of it, mankind. And specifically that night, they announced it to the shepherds 
of all people. These shepherds were in Bethlehem when the angels appeared to them. And it's just interesting here because the shepherds were the low of the lows. They, they stayed out in the fields. They were not men of honor or integrity. In fact, they were normally thieves. And yet they are the ones who get the announcement. The announcement of one who would be called, get this, the good shepherd. Right? He, he lays down his life for the sheep. See, that is where the hope was for these shepherds. That's where the hope was for Mary and Joseph and the hope of the entire world was laid on one God, man, the Savior of all man. And it was good news. It was meant to bring joy. That's why we can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her what? Her king. The king had come, and yet this would strike fear in the eyes of some. It would cause anger in the eyes of many because Jesus would come and he'd make some very bold claims. He would challenge mankind's lifestyle, their thinking. Jesus was quite clear with the gospel, the good news. He was clear that he was the only way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through him. See, Jesus Christ is the hope of all mankind. But... Left to our own, mankind will always choose darkness rather than light. Those are actually the words of Jesus. He said that. Mankind will always choose darkness rather than light. He never held back. He pointed out man's greatest problem, and that is sin. That's been mankind's greatest issue. It's been since the very beginning. And many will not recognize it. They won't see it in themselves. They will only see that which they do which they think will save them. Some people will go and they'll, they'll find a religion, they'll join a religion, thinking that's got to be the way to God. Some will take part in rituals, and some, even rituals that are in the Bible, like communion and baptism, and they'll give their money to the church, all the while trying to please, with their actions, a God that they simply do not understand. You have to understand who He is. Our God is Creator. He is sustainer of all things. And that creator stepped out of heaven and became flesh. We see that in John 1. And what was needed for mankind was a sacrifice. Not the sacrifices of old. That would merely cover sin. But the ultimate sacrifice that would take away the sins of the world. It needed to be a perfect sacrifice. That of a spotless lamb. You know, that's what they needed for the Passover celebration. A lamb would be raised... A lamb would be watch over. Did you know? Do you know where the Passover lambs would be raised? In the fields of Bethlehem. And at the appointed time, the Passover lamb would be brought to town. They would celebrate that Passover lamb. They would put that lamb out for all to see. They would look at it, inspect it to see if there would be any fault found in it. And if it was worthy, then it would be brought to sacrifice and to atone for the sins of the people. The angels that night announced to the very shepherds that quite possibly could have been raising the Passover lamb. They announced that the Passover lamb had been born. Jesus, the lamb of God, he would grow into a man, one who was without blemish. And as he entered the city, what did they do? They celebrated him and they tested him. He had been examined over and over and over and over again. And nothing could be found wrong with him. Even when they tried to convict him, what did Pilate say? I find no fault in this man. And then the Lamb of God 
gave his life to take away the sins of the world. See, that's the good news. That's the, the best news that you could ever imagine because that means that the announcement of hope that night was real. That it, that it was true. That hope indeed did have a name. It was Jesus. The, the, the good news that He came for you, the Savior, Christ the Lord, came so that you too can have hope. But that hope is not something that you can earn. Listen to Titus 3, 4-5. through five. It says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of of deeds. That means not on the basis of our works. Nothing that we could ever do. Hope is not in your works. Hope is not in your church attendance or your year-end giving statements. The only hope for mankind and a salvation that the angels can only watch and wonder about is found in Jesus. You might be here this morning and perhaps you feel hopeless right now in your life. Perhaps you feel hopeless due to maybe the situation in your marriage. You might be here this morning and you feel hopeless in regards to your job. Perhaps it's your finances might be getting you down, especially this time of the year. That's easy to do, right? You feel the pressure. Perhaps you feel like there's no hope. Perhaps you've experienced loss in your family or you are experiencing loss and it just seems like a dark place, a hopeless place. But I want to tell you this morning, that no matter how dark the situation that you may be going through, no matter how bleak it may be, there is always hope. You know, the Greek word for hope, it's not like our English equivalent. When we use the word hope, we use it with a sense of uncertainty, more of a wish. However, we do not put our faith in a wish. Listen as Hebrews describes faith and hope. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. See, true hope, true hope comes from faith in the Savior. Of course, you know John 3.16. Right? We all know that. That God loved the world so much so that He gave. And Christmas marks the beginning of that gift. And that famous verse goes on to say that when you believe in Him and the Savior, that is Christ the Lord, and believe, that's faith, when you put your faith in Him for salvation, you will receive it. You will be saved. You will be delivered. And look, it's not some magic formula. It's not some special prayer. It's through God's grace that we are saved by faith. That is salvation. And that is the good news of hope. And that hope, is based on Christ and His Word, and it's fully assured, and it will be ultimately realized when we see Him face to face and we step into eternity where the worries of this world will be no more. And when you have that hope, it's not like circumstances go away. It's not like this life just suddenly becomes a breeze and it's easy. No, it can still be challenging, but it will not be without hope because your hope is built not built on things that will fade away. Not built on things that won't last. Your hope will be built on the eternal foundation that is Jesus Christ, the Savior. Christ, the Lord. You know, I grew up in church, and there's an old hymn that I used to sing. Laura, you will know this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Most of you probably know that. I won't sing the chorus for you. Spare you that. But here's what the chorus says. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full 
in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, when you put your trust in the Savior, then the hope that you have in him will cause the struggles that you go through, the trials that you persevere through, to grow strangely dim, not because they go away, but because you now have a hope that is guaranteed and that is eternal. You may be here this morning and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ. And you have received his precious gift of salvation. Then you have that hope. You have that blessed assurance of an inheritance that will outshine anything you could ever imagine here in this life. And one that will cause all of the issues that you have in your life, all the problems and the chaos, perhaps the discontent in your life, to pale in comparison. You have hope. You need to realize it. And you need to live in it. A number of years ago, researchers performed an experience, or experiment, excuse me, to see the effect that hope has. They took two sets of mice. They were placed in separate tubs of water. And the research left one set of mice in the water and found that within an hour, they had all drowned. Now the other mice, they were periodically lifted out of the water and then eventually returned. And when that happened, the second set of mice swam for over 24 hours. Why? Not because they were given a rest, but because they suddenly had hope. Those animals somehow hoped that if they could stay afloat just a little longer, someone would reach down and rescue them. And if hope holds such power for unthinking rodents, how much greater should the effect be on our lives? The angels brought hope that night to the world in Bethlehem as they announced, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you, for you, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What a wonderful, what a wonderful announcement of hope given at the most wonderful time of the year. May God bless you and your family. And may your Christmas be filled with joy and hope. Will you let me pray for you? Bow with me. Father God, we thank you for the gift of hope. Lord, the gift that is found only in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we try to seek that hope in so many different things. And what we find, and what we will continue to find, as that those things will continue to let us down. However, Father, what we understand and we realize is the hope that is found in you is guaranteed, is eternal. Lord, you have sent your Holy Spirit as a promise, as a guarantee, Father. And we know as we live this life, as difficult as it may be, Father, that all these difficulties pale in comparison with the inheritance. Because we're now your children. We are now sons of God. Lord, I pray for those who may be here this morning that don't know you. Lord, I pray that you will call them to yourself. Lord, that they will understand the message of the gospel, which is the good news. That we don't have to earn our salvation. That we don't have to trust in anything but you. And we recognize our sin and we turn from it and we turn to you, the only hope. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, I pray for peace and joy 
and hope for each person, each family in this room. And may we share it with the world that so desperately needs it. We thank you for all of this in your son's precious name. Amen. Before you stand and you sing the closing song, I'm going to try one more time to look at this video about Christmas Eve because again, within the community, we have 